of Know Your Company. And today we have with me a really special guest. We have the CEO of Lonely Planet, Daniel Hewton. And Daniel and I met, I want to say last year uh, over dinner. And I was so, yeah, last summer, exactly. And I was so impressed by Daniel's story. He took over as the CEO of this huge travel book company when he was 23 or 24 years old. And his first task that he faced and that he shared actually at dinner was having to lay off 75 people. And so Daniel's definitely been through a lot. He's also really taken the company to, yeah, really big things. I was reading that you guys have improved tremendously in both digital and in print, and the company was originally struggling when you first took over. So just honored to have you here, Daniel, and excited to learn from you. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. So I've got this one question, Daniel, that I've been asking everyone about leadership and what your take. And it's, what's something you wish you would have learned earlier as a leader? Mine is probably very uh, obvious, but probably just some actual sort of core business school style skills. <laughs> I know that sounds really wacky. Um, I have yeah. an arts degree. Uh, I have a Bachelor of Arts degree, so I had no formal training of any kind. You know, I didn't go to business school. I don't have an MBA. That would have helped the baptism by fire a little Mm. bit, (laughs) getting up to speed. My instinct was to say accounting because as a manager, you spend so much time um, looking at numbers uh, and and, and I guess data and analytics. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a learning curve for me probably more than anything. Most of the sort of interpersonal skills or emotional intelligence style skills I think I did okay with. I've always got along with a lot of people. I used to be a journalist. You have to work with different people every day, telling their stories for a living. Yep. So all of that was fine. And then, you know, I say that I just spent a week at Harvard Business School. I did an executive education program. And it was an incredible week. I didn't know how much I was going to get out of it. but hmm. uh, And not that it was a beginner course to business or anything. It was pretty advanced stuff. But it was fascinating. Uh, and I love education. So if I could have like hit the pause button and gone and gotten uh, or spent some more time, you know, on some of that stuff, <laughs> that's probably what I would have done. It's refreshing, actually, to hear. I think you have all the I've, I've done quite a few of these. I think you're the first person to admit that. I think a lot of us, honestly, as CEOs and managers feel that way. Like, was there some book I was supposed to read? Was there some school yeah. I was supposed to go to to learn this stuff? I mean, so I guess my question is, well, what would you say, you know, aside from accounting, those core business skills were? And then how did you try to ramp up your education around them? Was it finding mentors? Was it taking online classes? Was it just Googling, you know, the shit out of something? That's what I do. Like when I don't know something, like how much someone like I Google, like how much do I pay? You know, like it's a thing. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of searches. No, I mean, luckily, there's a lot of really talented people in the business. I mean, our CFO basically taught me accounting, taught me how to read l on day one. Absolute true story. And, you know, the rest of it, I just kind of had to pick up as as I went along from a bunch of different methods. I I do love to read and I read a lot of books. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if you hire the right people, you don't have to know how to do everything, but you do need to be able to learn from those people. So that and then a, a whole laundry list of mentors, as you can imagine, and you just have to have a desire to learn if you're going to function in a role like that or it's going to be 
it's going to be over pretty quick, I think. Absolutely. I mean, so because Lonely Planet today, and you know, we were chatting before this, you were saying is almost 400 people, right? And you're, you know, you're spread out across five different continents. I mean, when you first became CEO and you knew that, okay, maybe, you know, I, I, I haven't been to business school. I don't know some of these things. What was sort of your first approach to trying to gain that knowledge from folks? Or, or what did you say to employees to sort of, I mean, was there apprehension, right, about you coming on board? Or, and how did you sort of negotiate that, you know, the sort of early transition? Yeah, I think there was probably a healthy amount of apprehension. And there probably would have been from me too, uh, if I was in if I was in that position. Yeah, I mean I honestly didn't spend that much time thinking about it. There was too much kinda to do. Yep. So, you know, you kinda tackle a little bit of it every day and, and figure it out as you go. Uh, or not and then you drown and it doesn't work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've been the all there, yeah. Really is that it doesn't work and that's not good for anybody, especially your employees. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't something that I came out and said, you know, obviously I, I have no business education, but here I am. But tried to have and still try to have a real, um, I don't know, culture of that ideas can come from anywhere, mm. um, that they're welcomed and that they're heard doesn't mean that, you know, they're necessarily followed. We can't follow every idea, but we try to listen to them all and at least give some feedback. So, yeah, absolutely. So for new managers and, you know, there's a lot of folks who, you know, who follow the heartbeat, who are, you know, getting promoted for the first time into an executive role and have a little bit of imposter syndrome around the fact that, you know, many of us, including myself, you know, have never been to business school or haven't had quote unquote the formal education. I mean, what would you, what advice would you give to folks? And you've touched on this a little bit, but, you know, any sort of recommendations? I mean, do you feel like everyone then needs to go to business school or need some sort of formal education necessarily? Or what is your, what's your advice to, to, to new managers and incoming executives? No, I don't think every, everyone has to do anything. Everyone learns in a different way and people are at all different levels of preparedness when they get put in roles like that. Sure. I think the worst thing that could happen is someone could think that they're too prepared. You know, there's a lot of people that have been to business school and uh, are way smarter than I'll ever be, but they can't even talk to people. Sure. <laughs> uh, or they actually can't stop talking long enough to listen, which I think more important. So, yeah, I mean, that's the only way that I've survived is just personal skills. I don't think that gets talked about as much as kind of the other pieces of it do. So I would try to focus on that and, you know, Find, it doesn't have to be a mentor or someone that's been in that role, but you know, you have to have people that you can turn to that will be really honest with you and that can give you some feedback, whether or not they have expertise in your industry or maybe they're not even a business person. I didn't grow up playing football or organized sports, but one of, uh, one of my best mentors is a longtime football coach of kind of young kids in middle school and stuff and high school. And you can learn a lot from people that have just been around all different kinds of people their entire lives and understand how people think. So don't think it has to come, you know, out of some MBA program or something like that, or they have to be an ex CEO mentor. Right. Uh, you'll be surprised kind of what you can find and learn from other people. Absolutely. You know, I think when I reflect on that, you know, some of the, the greatest business lessons I've learned are from, you know, my parents who, yeah. you know, or, uh, you know, for my brother, my younger brother, or, you know, from neighbors. And uh, I think there's definitely a fallacy around or a myth around, you know, this idea that there's some leadership education you get a certificate for, and then, you, you know, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I appreciate you sharing that, encouraging folks to 
to have just an openness to learn from wherever that learning might come from. So one thing you touched on, Daniel, was this idea that it's the people skills, right? You said the people skills that don't get talked about enough in leadership. And that that's been the only way you've been able to survive in a lot of ways or thrive. So tell me about that. What, what do you think as leaders we overlook when it comes to people skills and, and, and what do we need to be focusing more on? Yeah. I think it's really important to try to put yourself in other people's shoes, um, which is easier said than done. You think that you can, but it, you know, you don't really know what's going on and most of it's none of your business, yeah. um, you know, in their life. But as much as you can imagine yourself in that sort of position and try to think about what it must be like to present to you or to be trying to get something, you know, across the line, you know, the hardest conversations are when you believe in the idea, but you know, you just can't do it for whatever reason it is. Right. Um, and so I think if you can put yourself in other people's shoes and, and, and I guess really try to understand, you know, what motivates people. It's fascinating when you start paying attention and try to understand what makes people tick, you know, and that helps you understand why some people only ever care about what the next promotion is, where some are really happy in their jobs as long as we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. And different people value different things. And I think some organizations tend to value employees only in one way if they value a certain set of things. And it's good to have a good mix of that in any organization. It doesn't matter if it's a you know, baseball team or a giant global business. Right. I mean, obviously, diversity of all kinds is important. But mm-hmm. when it comes to personalities, I think it's really, really important. Absolutely. So one thing I talked about at the very beginning of this interview uh, and that I mentioned, because I will always remember the story that you told over dinner of having to execute a bunch of layoffs as one of your first tasks as CEO. I mean, tell me about what you'd recommend for other CEOs and managers who are faced in the same situation, right? Maybe not at that scale, but... uh, It's bad whatever scale it's at. (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, what, how did you try to think about handling that? Are there things you wish you would have done differently? Were you proud of the way you handled that situation? Everyone who's in a leadership role is hungry for so much advice around the right way to let people go. Yeah. I am proud of the way that I handled it because I did everything that I could. Mm -hmm. You sort of always say, you know, tell the truth as much as you can. Well, that's obvious, but there's sometimes there's things you can't say. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can't share, but you try, you try to do as much as you can. And that's not so that other people see your point of view and then get it. It's just so that if that's going to go on, you know, as many circumstances as you can help them understand or, you know, to the group. And it's just as important as the one for the ones that you don't let go. You know, sometimes the people that you're letting go, you may have this like big speech prepared and you realize a couple seconds into it that it's just set in and they're now shocked. And actually, you just need to shut up now because yeah. it's over. And it's, sometimes people need some space. You know, I've never, I've never been like, oh, I have no idea what that feels like. It feels really shitty on both ends, I'm sure. Mm. And you have to read the situation. But then to the people that, you know, when you're trying to explain it to the rest of the staff, as much information and honesty as possible goes a long way, a really long way. And that may sound like common sense, but I think there's organizations a lot of times where those things happen and there's not actually a lot of explanation as to why it happened or you don't have to get into why these specific people, but, or, you know, but you do have to address kind of the overall situation and it takes a, 
much longer than you think it's going to if if it's more than a couple people if it is any percentage of your organization of uh of any size whether you're again a 10 person company or a thousand you got to spend way more time than you think that you do with the team helping them understand what's going on absolutely well i love that thought to err on the side of more honesty and transparency because i think around I mean, it's it's a natural instinct around any tense decision. We have a habit of closing up, right, and, and thinking that it'll gloss over or we've said enough. And, and it will, but that yeah. doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, and it can damage your organization a lot if you do that do things that way. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being so candid and sharing with us sure. the lessons yeah. that you've learned, and it's been awesome to see uh, everything you've done with Lonely Planet. What a great company it is! And thanks so much again, Daniel. Thanks for having me. 